golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G., Along with Will Perry in the hot seat tonight as my wingman. Hey, Will. I'm doing fantastic. Good to be in the uh, the big chair on the other side of the table tonight. Yeah, we have uh, a lot of golf to talk about tonight because not only uh, are we the week before the U.S. Open, the second major of the year, but we've got two other majors going on. The senior players in Philadelphia as well as the LPGA Tours uh, second major of the year. So we got a lot cooking tonight. And a big, big win for Will McGirt. I want to call him McDirt every time (laughs) I see his name. A first-time winner in an amazing two-hole playoff to win the Memorial. And uh, we're going to jump right into it and go to one of our favorites, Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, to uh, give us a wrap up on the memorial. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well. Um, well, it was kind of fun to see both uh, William and John Curran come down the stretch there. And as I listened to uh, the Golden Bear in the press conference, he said, you know, it, it basically will won the tournament. He was glad to not see somebody lose it. And it was really an exciting finish. Yeah, and it's kind of... Uh... It's a very popular win on the PGA Tour for William McGurk. All of his, uh, I wouldn't say all of them, but a large majority of the players on the PGA Tour. I really like him. He's been around for a long time, in his mid-30s. Really wasn't given much of a shot after playing college at Wofford College in South Carolina to make it to the PGA Tour, much less win. Uh, But he's done it. He's stuck in there. He's worked really, really hard. and it's interesting that he, he wins on the golf course uh, that is owned by a man he's idolized, or Jack Nicholas. but he's really never played well there. As a matter of fact, prior to this past week uh, when he won, he had broken 70 there. So it was a really nice thing to watch. It's nice to see, have his wife come on with their two kids. Um, so, yeah, you know, who knows? This may springboard him to something really, really positive where he can be a multiple winner on the PGA Tour, dare we say, maybe a major champion. You just you just don't know when you win at Jack's place with that field, you have the, the top three in the world there, what it can do for a person's confidence. Absolutely. I mean, it was a stout field, and he had some uh, he had some big guns chasing on his heels, Dustin Johnson, Matt Kuchar, uh, Rory having a good day on Sunday. So, uh, you know, he, he had to keep um, he had to keep his the pedal on the metal, but as he said, too, he, he just, you know, uh, tried to stay within his game and uh, certainly made a bunch of putts. 
Uh, yeah, and you know, just remained consistent, made sure he hit fairways in his short game, and, and putter really saved him for the week. It was interesting, Rory, I uh, spent some time with Rory on Monday, and, and he was in the house, if you remember, 13 under, and the wind was whipping, and he signed his card, left the property, and he was in his jet ready to leave uh, Columbus, uh, but decided to wait around just in case. So he was on the he was on the tarmac for about 90 minutes. Oh my gosh! So finally, someone bo- uh, put a, a scorecard in and and got uh, above him on the leaderboard, and that's when he took off. But yeah, you, know, you never you never know. You never know in this game. Well, and you never know in Memorial. You know the the conditions had been somewhat benign. We know this time of year you can get thunderstorms and weather delays, which they did have on Sunday, and then. Uh, kind of unusual that the wind kicked up after the front moved through. Usually, you know, it goes the other way. But I think that really, you know, it kept, it, I think it probably kept a guy from just running away with it towards the end. I don't think anyone's going to run away at that golf course. No uh, way. Yeah. And, you know, it was, a, the, the thing that made it interesting, not only the wind, but the fact that the golf course was soft because of, of the uh, the rain that had been falling for at least the last two days. So, I know Mr. Nicholas wanted a little more fire in his golf course. He didn't quite get it, but he did have a great championship. Were you surprised um, in, with Ricky uh, missing the cut? There were, you know, Hideki missed the cut. There was kind of some surprises going into the first couple days. Well, I'm I'm really um, taken aback a bit with with Ricky's play. I know he's disappointed. Um, he's missed the cut in three of his last five starts. So. He is not trending right now, um, and we're getting ready to head into the meat of the major championship season now that we're in June, and next week the U.S. Open in just a couple of weeks. We're at the uh, Open Championship at Troon, which, by the way, you can see on the Golf Channel the first two days, and, uh, and then we're at the PGA Championship, and then, you know, he's he's trying to make that Olympic team. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Ricky's searching a bit right now. Um and, you know, maybe he can turn around next week, and it would be a great place to do it for him because he's not really an overpowering golf, golfer. He's more reliant on on making sure that he's accurate, and, you know, that's that's what's in demand at Oakmont, but he's got to have his putter going in the right direction too because those, golf, that, those greens rather at Oakmont, outside of Augusta National, those will be the most difficult if you combine pitch and speed. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, and we're talking to Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Uh, DJ, close, in the hunt, tied for third, uh, still having some troubles with the flat stick on uh, Sundays. Uh, you know, what, what's it going to take for him to break through? Yeah, you know, and I'm, not, I, I'm not trying to insult Dustin Johnson, but I think, to be, to be honest with you, and if you ask, Every player in the PGA Tour locker room who's got the most talent, I would say a majority of them would say Dustin Johnson. As a matter of fact, Jordan Spieth said just last week at Memorial, I was in the press room, and he said, without a doubt, Dustin Johnson has the most talent on the PGA Tour. That being said, and I bet you he would say this too, he is underachieved um, considering the talent that he has. Don't really know why. You know, he, he's, he, there's a lot of things you can point at. Um, but you know, he's the, the clock, you know, I mean, he's not pushed up against the wall when it comes to the time is running out, but he really, if he wants major championships, you know, he really needs to get going because he doesn't have, and he's had opportunities many times to have them. He needs to get over that hump. And I do believe if he gets over that hump and wins that first 
I think the door will open for a few more. But yeah, he needs to find focus, in my opinion, and 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 put it together. And you know, this is this will be a good challenge for him this week because this is not a bomber's paradise in Oakmont. You've got to be accurate, like I mentioned. You can't be squirreling off in the rough. That's up to your calves. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm interested to see how Dustin is going to react at Oakmont, and I'm really interested to see if he finishes 2016 yet again without a major championship. I couldn't agree more. Someone that was a little surprised to see go a little bit off the rails in the middle of the round Sunday, Matt Kuchar, uh, kind of slapping it around on, was it 13 for what appeared to be no apparent reason? Right. Well, you know, Matt's playing well. I mean, look, Matt's got five top tens in his last six starts. Um, and, and Matt wasn't lighting the world up when he started 2016. So um, he has been an ATM. He has been consistent. But, um, you know, I, I think we, and even in the media, we as fans, um, sometimes we get caught up on you got to win to be successful. You got to win to be successful. But you have five top tens on the PGA Tour in your last six starts. I mean, I don't know what model of consistency people measure a great player by, but that's pretty good. Um, so, you know, I don't think we should be that hard on Matt. He's playing well, and I think it's just a matter of time he's going to break. Well, Phil had a pretty good tournament. and He's playing in the St. Jude's uh, tournament this week in Memphis. We know Phil likes to likes to play to get tuned up for the Open. And I think, um, as always, you know, we're biting at the bit to see what Phil's going to do at this year's Open. What? How? How do you see his game? Of course, you know he's he's one of the best putters out there. Uh, how do you see Oakmont lining up for Phil? Well, actually, week? I don't think he's putting that well. Uh, but still, I think he's he's on my list of favorites at Oakmont. I'm not kidding when I say that. I, I think he has control of his golf swing. I think that his confidence, he actually said last week to me, he said, I feel like I've turned the corner even more than I was talking about at the beginning of the year. Um, and I, I think I, I, I do think that Phil is going to play well. I, I think he's going to be in contention at least heading into the weekend. I think he's going to make the cut without any issues. I think he's going to you know, try to – try to swing at about 80%, try to manage himself around that golf course. Um, and, and if he can keep the club on the, the plane that he has it right now and with the control that he has it right now, I know he could scroll at times. I'm not saying it, it happens every time. But I, I think that I think he's got an opportunity to be in the mix come Sunday on the back nine. All right. Well, out of what we're now calling the uh, new big three, Rory, Jason, and Jordan, who do you think's got uh, a better shot on this golf course? Uh, I know that ain't well, easy. No, I, I, I don't know if Jordan has it all clicking right now. So I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to take him out of the mix right now, just from what I've seen um, over the last month or so. Um, but Jason Day is playing really, really well, and, and Roy McIlroy top five at the Memorial, and he won at the Irish Open his last two starts. Um, I would have to say probably tee to green right now, I would take Rory. But Jason Day, as I've said on your show before, is putting in 2016 the way Jordan Spieth putted in 2015. And on some of the most severe greens that these players will ever see, see rather, um, I, I'm just going to give a slight edge to Jason. Um, 
if I had to pick somebody. But I would not be surprised if Rory is right there as well. It would be great, to be honest with you, if we could have all three of those great players, as you mentioned, in the mix on Sunday. But if I had to pick two of those three um, to bet a dollar on that will be um, in the mix when everyone wakes up on Sunday morning, I think it would be Jason Day and Rory. Well, I think we're leading up to uh, a, a great and exciting U.S. Open, and uh, I'm certain that the Golf Channel is going to be providing us a lot of extra coverage. Tell our listener what's in store. Yep, of course, we're going to be there live from the U.S. Open as we do at every major championship um, beginning Monday on the grounds at Oakmont. Uh, I'm going to fly up Saturday, start reporting on Sunday. Um, actually, one thing I would like to promote, we, uh, I had a chance to sit down with Rory for a really, um, really kind of candid, in-depth interview. We are celebrating the five-year anniversary of his first major championship, and if you remember, that was a U.S. Open at Congressional when he won about eight shots, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his approach to the, U- to the U.S. Open. We're going to talk about some off-the-course stuff as well, like his um, relationship his, his, with his fiance Erica Stoll, what that, what that means to him. He doesn't talk about that a lot. And so very revealing answer there. And also with the passing, Muhammad Ali kind of asked him about where he, where he feels he belongs on the social platform. Where does he use his stardom? or if he does, uh, in regards to talking about subjects that, are, that supersede the game of golf. And, and he had an interesting uh, answer for that as well. Um, so it, it's good stuff. It's going to air next week on Live from the U.S. Open. So that combined with our other many reporters and anchors and all the behind-the-scenes people that do such a great job, it's going to be a good week. Well, we are uh, so fortunate, not only here in Orlando, to have the Golf Channel right in our backyard, but for all the great coverage that's provided to all Great golf fans all around the world. And as always, Todd Lewis, we appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks so much. You got it, Holly. Take care. All right. You're listening to Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be back with more golf talk. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Will Perry, pushing out all our social media. Will, tell them how they can chat with us. As always, golf fans, make sure you follow us at the Golf Insiders on Twitter and on Facebook. We Jump in on that conversation with us. We've got a lot going on this week with all the majors and the FedEx St. Jude Classic. So let's hear from you. All right, and uh, we are going to waste no more time because this guy's time is so precious. Uh, You know, he needs like four Rolexes to keep his life in order (laughs) because he's one of the best in our business. Uh, 37 years as a sports journalist for the Detroit News. He's written all kinds of books, covered the PGA Tour for years, was the past president of the Golf Writers Association of America, and in his Spare retirement time, haha! He is covering the senior tour for Spare the time. for PGA Tour dot com. The one, the only, Vartan Kapelian. Hello, Vartan. Vartan. Hello, hello. 
We love live radio. Isn't that for sure? Anyway, hopefully we're going to reconnect with Varton because he is at the Senior Players Tournament at the Philadelphia Cricket Club. And I know you're from that area, Will P. That's true. Um, I bet you didn't know, I didn't know this, that the Philadelphia Cricket Club was founded in 1854, and it is the oldest club in the country devoted to playing games and sports. It also holds the distinctions of being the only country club in the country to have opened a golf course in each of the past three centuries. Put that on your fact board for you there. That's yeah, a, there's that's some good, good trivia one. at the bar, right? <laughs> I don't know if I ever would have, would have guessed that one there. Um, it, it, the first golf course um, hosted the 18-hole the course called the St. Martins, hosted the U.S. Open in 1907 and 1910. And in 1922, famed architect and Philadelphia Cricket Club member A.W. Tillinghast, one of the best in the business, uh, designed the original Flower Town course, which was renamed the Wissa, Wissa. I can't even say this. Good luck Vart, with that one. Vartan will tell us what it is. It was renamed in 2002, and this is where they'll be playing the Senior Major Players Tournament this weekend. Hey, Vartan. I'm here. Can you hear me this time? I can. I can. We're sorry we uh, we lost I you there could, for a minute. I, you, well, I could hear you, but it sounded like we were on the party line. Remember the old days when there were party lines? Uh, I'm, you know, I uh, me uh, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Well, I remember party <laughs> lines. There. It, it sounded like there we were like we were on the party line. We're talking with three different people. So. Oh well, you missed your wonderful introduction. But at any rate, um, fill us in. This is quite a historic place, the Philadelphia Cricket Club, which I really didn't know a whole lot about. Oh, you know, I love these kinds of golf courses, and for me, that's one of the that's one of the best things the Champions Tour does. It plays Fox Chapel, uh, you know, in in Pittsburgh, which is an absolute gem of a golf course. It plays Westchester in uh, in New York, and it plays courses like you know the Philadelphia uh, course. And and you know, they're such great, great golf courses. I wish we had. I wish we were building more like them, which of course we're not. We haven't in in forty or fifty years. But uh, I enjoy you know, I enjoy tournaments on courses like this, and the guys on the Champions Tour really like these courses for the obvious reason. It's the kind of course they grew up on. Well, we've had a lot of uh, excitement the last few weeks, of course, with John Daly turning the big 5-0 and adding uh, some new mojo to the Champions Tour. Uh, I know he's playing this week, and that should be bringing out a lot of uh, people to to the event. Yeah, that, no question. Uh, you know, he's going to bring people out to the event, uh, but it would really help if he started playing a little bit better. It would really help if he got himself into contention. And so far, there's been no no indication that he's going to do that. Uh, you know, his his game is yeah, kind of hit and miss. Uh, I wrote a few weeks ago that uh, the, the Champions Tour is not an occasional tour. You can't, you know, just show up sometimes, um, show up early, show up late, not practice. I mean, you know, the guys who are doing, who are successful out there, and the most obvious one is Bernard Longer, still busts behind to play good golf. You know, he, yes, 
there's, there's nothing there's nothing there's nothing casual about his approach. And if you're gonna and if you're gonna beat these guys or if you're gonna at least you know, hope to compete with them, you've got to pretty much take the same approach to to, to some level. And I and I think that I think John's got to figure that out. I think he's got to realize that you know what uh, if I'm uh, you know if I'm going to be successful out here, uh, I've got to uh, dedicate myself uh, more than he has certainly. Well, Bernhard showing up a lot of uh, the the youngsters on the regular tour, the way he played at Augusta this year. Uh, so you know he uh, he is tough. He is tough on any golf course, Bernhard. Well, yeah, but the point is that you know he can't win on the regular tour anymore, especially at Augusta, because the wear and tear on that golf course. I mean, it's a hard, hard golf course to walk, and you know to walk at four tournament rounds. And then, you know, practice round or two or, you know, three or whatever, because he's one of those guys that shows up early and, and practices a lot. But it takes its toll on a guy his age. Um, so it, it's really hard for uh, the Champions Tour guys to do well just because of the walking factor. Well, they... you, hear a lot of talk, you hear a lot of talk about guys, and, you know, somebody on a Champions Tour is going gonna, is gonna to win, a, you know, a regular tour major someday. It might happen, but... Uh, not at Augusta. The, the course is going to have to uh, be a good fit, I'd have to say. Well, you know, along with it, as you said, not being an occasional tour, you got a lot of the guys out there that have a still much competitive fire in their belly. Uh, Monty, of course, one of them who is enjoying great fun being out on the Champions Tour. And, you know, he he competes like the old days and just lives for – uh, the the majors, I think. What uh, what are we going to see from Monty this week? Well, yeah, you know, I I think he he does live for the majors, but I don't think it's at the expense of the other events. I think when Monty shows up, uh, he, he's trying really hard to win. I I think, you know, you see his casual appearance. It might be casual on the outside, but on the inside, this this guy is another one of those guys on the Champions Tour who just loves to compete and and competes. At the very highest levels, um, and you know, he—it's—I it, it's, I know it sounds kind of silly to say this, but some of these guys are actually better in in some respects than they were 20 years ago. But they really are because they're—you know—they're smarter than they were. Um, I, I, there's less pressure on them. If that can translate into being more successful. I think, you know, I think it does, especially when they're competing against others on the Champions Tour. There's really not a lot of pressure out there except to win. You know, I mean, it's not like, all right, I got to worry about my career. I got to make a career. I got to make a paycheck or any of that stuff. None, none of that exists out there. Um, these guys are playing uh, to win and, and, and have fun. A lot of them are having fun out there. Yeah, and, and still playing – you know, like you're saying, really top level golf, and it's fun to see the likes of. Hey, I I, I couldn't have been happier to see Rocco win. You know, uh, was it last week? Yeah, two weeks ago. Me too. I mean, I was I was delighted to see him play well. I was delighted to see him win. Uh, and uh, you know, he, he's another one of those people on that tour who has the ability to you know get a lot of attention because uh, we all know. Rocco never, you know, never met an interview he didn't like. Oh, that and, uh, that's for sure. Talker. He's a good talker. He's good copy. Um, he'll he'll give you. A, yeah, I always get a kick. Uh, there's there's two 
two kinds of guys in, in sports, all sports, not just golf. kind of guy you can talk to for an hour and then go back over your notes. You filled up an entire notebook. You go back o- over your notes looking for something to write, and, and he didn't say anything. And then there's a guy, and then there's a guy who will talk for an hour. You fill up your notebook, and you go back, and you look over your notes, and you might, my God, I can write nine stories based on what he just said in the last hour. And, you know, Rocco is the latter. He's one of those guys who you talk to him for, for a half hour, uh, you're going to be able to write a lot of stories. I know you've covered some of the best of the best in sports. Did you ever get a chance to uh, talk to Muhammad Ali? You know what? I didn't. No, I was thinking about that this week. He's one of the, one of the superstars that I, I, I never got close to. It's not, it's not something I did. I, I covered some championship fights, but yeah, well after you know, well after his prime, obviously. Uh, yeah, I, I was in high school when he was winning. You know, when he first won a championship, the heavyweight championship. So. So a little bit ahead of my time, but uh, he, he he was, yeah, he was one of those guys, wasn't he? He filled that notebook for sure. That's for sure. Uh, just a, a couple quick uh, final thoughts, because I know you've covered many, many U.S. Opens. Uh, what can we look forward to at Oakmont this year, and who do you see uh, in in the top three in the running for next week? Well, I mean, there's just no way of you know, being able to say that. Uh, uh, I, I I did make a little wager the other day with my buddy who asked mm-hmm. me that same question, uh, and I said, "Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll give you Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, uh, Rory McIlroy, the top three in the world, and I'll take the field." Ooh! And and that just you know you can't pick a winner. I mean, my my choice going into the Masters was Shane Lowry. He didn't win, but his buddy won. You know, there are just so many good players out there. Um, Oakmont's going to be a real test. It's very long, very hard. Uh, it just it's going to going to require somebody to play his best golf for an entire week. Well, I don't think it's going to be Angel Cabrera repeating because he finished dead last at the <laughs> Memorial. <laughs> but um, well, you know there yeah, could but, but there could be an unexpected winner. Yeah, but uh, Cabrera is one of those guys when you least expect it. That's when he shows up, like at Oakmont the first time, and like at the Masters. Uh, you know, when nobody figures he's a contender, he's there on Sunday. And so, you know, you never rule that guy out in a, in a big event because he's certainly long enough to handle Oakmont. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, Barton, we appreciate you spending time with us. And who are you picking uh, to win the senior players this weekend? Oh, wow. You know what? Uh, I think it's been like three weeks since Longer won. So let's go with him. Ooh, okay. Can't pretty, blame you with that pretty one. Pretty safe bet. Can't blame me with that one. Vartan Capellian, yeah. check him out. PGATour.com. Appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks so much. You listen to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. If we could just make There's... 
We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. In the house, Holly G, along with Will Perry. Will, how can they connect? The Golf Insiders always. With us. At the Golf Insiders on Facebook and Twitter. Everywhere. We're everywhere. Absolutely. We try to be, but you can only be in so many places at once, of course. Yeah, because we have day jobs. (laughs) That's true. We actually work in the golf business, which makes it so much fun. And this is a big week because we've got two majors. Uh, We just finished talking about the senior players, and now we're going to go to one of our favorites from Global Golf Post to talk about the KPMG, the next LPGA major. Steve Eubanks is there out in Seattle, Washington. Hello, my friend. How are you, Holly? Great to be with you, as always. Yes, and thank you so much. I know we uh, got you off the golf course, so fill us in. Uh, We got a chance to see some great uh, Northwest golf last week, in in the last two weeks, out in Oregon, the uh, NCAA championships. But tell us about this course out in Washington. I've never seen a narrower golf course. And, and I mean, I've seen a lot of golf courses. And uh, I'm standing on the first tee. And I'm looking, and all I'm seeing is pine trees. And it is the most astonishing thing because they're, they're 100 feet high and they're wide and they're on every fairway. And, uh, you're, I mean, I've seen bowling alleys that look wider than some of these things. Um, and I'm getting the same response when I'm talking to a lot of these players. They're standing here saying, this is beautiful, but, man, is it tight. And so, uh, you know, the, the, it's going to be a ball striker's paradise this week. And uh, uh, But holy smokes, it's pretty up here. You think there may be a th- few more three woods going in the bag than driver? Or, uh, you know, how do the women oh, tend yeah. to play? Oh, yeah. There's going to be a – you're going to see – you actually, believe it or not, might see a few two irons come out out here this week. That's going to be uh, quite a surprise and something a little different here on the LPGA Tour. But uh, it is it is one of those places where it's much better to be straight than long. And so I think you're going to see a lot of irons, a lot of hybrids, a lot of, uh, a lot of three woods off the tees out here this week. Well, uh, it was good to see Norquist get back in the winner's circle at the ShopRite last week in New Jersey. And uh, – I know, you know, you've got just so many players that when it comes time to the majors, really uh, amp up their games. Um, you've got uh, Jutanagarin, who's just been playing phenomenal. Uh, of course, Lydia Ko. Uh, we would look to the likes of Lexi Thompson, uh, possibly, you know, having a, a good major. Tell us uh, who's on your radar. Well, I, I think you would be foolish not to put uh, put Aria Chanagarn at the top of the list. I mean, she, not only is she playing better than anyone out here, she is displaying more confidence than I've ever seen, not only from her, but from, from any player in quite some time. I mean, she walked into the media center here yesterday and guaranteed a win for Thailand in the international crown. So, I mean, that, that tells you a little something about where her mindset is right now. Uh, and, yeah, just, just watching her. Uh, on the on the range, she is carrying herself better. She is uh, she's striking it so well, and there's a little bit of an intimidation factor now. Uh, she's able to stand up there and and hit some shots that a, a lot of players look over uh, the way they used to look over at Tiger and say, "I can't do what she does." Uh, so I think there's a there's a little bit of that going on now with uh, with Chitanagarn, and it's could be fun to watch. So many great stories going on at the LPGA right now. You have NB Park trying to win her fourth consecutive same major championship. Correct? Correct. Yeah, this is this she's won this event three times in a row. 
going for a four-peat. Um, nobody's ever done that before. Uh, it, the problem with MB right now is the injury. Uh, the thumb injury has been uh, – it's lingering. It's, it's painful. Uh, she, she tried to downplay it a little bit today when she came in and talked to us, but uh, you can tell it's, it's weighing heavily on her mind. And a lot, in a lot of cases, I mean, the psychological effects of an injury are, are, are more devastating than the physical injury itself. And, I mean, she kind of alluded to that, you know. It, it's a thumb, you know. It's not something that you would think uh, – it, it, she, she said several times, well, he's not going to kill me. Uh, no, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to make you flinch every time you, you, you try to dig a shot out of the rough. So uh, that's, that's going to be a real problem for her, I think, of just getting over the mindset of, uh, you know, is, now, is it going to hurt this time? When is it going to hurt again? You know, when am I going to get that stinging pain? Uh, that's going to make it tough. But after tomorrow's round, she will be eligible for the Hall of Fame. So she's going to gut it out no matter what. Yeah, the youngest to, um, to, to reach the requirements, I think. Since um, yep, that's correct, Savory yeah. Park, right? Yep. She, uh, you know, you, they, they, the LPGA Hall of Fame. Not only do you have the, you know, the performance aspect, you have to have been out here ten years, uh, and her, you know, her full ten years uh, come after she completes one round in this event. So uh, that that's when she meets the eligibility. Twenty-seven so, uh, be out there. If she's just putting it around, she's going to finish that round at all. Twenty-seven years old. That's pretty impressive. Steve, Will Perry here. Quick question yeah. for you. I mean, to, to have been out here since 17 and have done what she 17 wins, seven major championships. I mean, it's a, it's a very, very impressive career. Quick question for you, Steve. You know, what's your quick take on, you know, players making it into the Hall of Fame while they're still active? I mean, for me, you know, sports traditionalists, most players make it in when after they're retired. You know, and, and in team sports, I think that's, that's absolutely right. And the, one of the reasons for that is the career is not as long. I mean, you, you know, if you, you, you would say the end, let's take the NFL, for example. I mean, by the age 27, we're talking about MB being the youngest to be in there. 27-year-old is ancient in the NFL. I mean, you got, you know, you're done by 25. Uh, and if you, if you hang on, say, like a Peyton Manning did till almost 40, I mean, that is unprecedented. So in golf, it's a little bit different because you can play for so long. If we didn't have uh, active players in the Hall of Fame, you got to look around and say, "Well, gee, who would be in it?" Exactly. Yeah, it could be a <laughs> it could be a little empty. Hey, who's your pick uh, to raise the trophy on Sunday, Steve? Oh, only because I love her and she's a sentimental favorite. I got to go with Lydia Ko. You know, she's in here, and I, I firmly believe she's she's the modern day Arnold Palmer, and I, I would just love to see her win three majors in a row. All right. Well, it's going to be, again, exciting week for the LPGA and a lot of possibilities in terms of who will be coming out on top. Steve Eubanks, as always, check him out, Global Golf Post. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so We're back. The Golf Insiders are wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house. Holly G, along with Will Perry. 
Don't forget to... At the Golf Insiders, as always. Like us on Facebook. Tweet us. Exactly. Tweet, tweet. Hey, we're going to waste no more time because we have had so much fun this past month covering the NCAA championships, both the men's and the women's. And uh, it did not disappoint Will Perry last Wednesday with the Oregon Ducks, the Cinderella team in the tournament bringing it home in front of the hometown crowd in Eugene, both the individual and team titles. And the last time that was done by a team that was the host team, 1945. Pretty impressive. A little while ago. And uh, the Ducks' first national title. So uh, hats off to them. We're going to get a quick wrap-up from Brentley Romaine from Golf Week. Hello, Brentley. How's it going? Doing well. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Uh, I know you oh. and your and your wingman there, Lance Ringler, have been out uh, for a couple of weeks in Oregon, giving us all great coverage on the NCAAs. And this was quite a fantastic finish. Uh, of course, uh, Bo Hostler going out with the shoulder injury. But, hey, the Ducks still had to win four matches, and uh, it was it was quite a thriller as it went into – uh, the playoff for the deciding match. Yeah, I mean, for, uh, first off, I, I think uh, I don't think Lance would like him being referred to as my wingman. I'm more of his wingman, but I like it, so that's fine. But uh, yeah, and it it was really a pretty special day. Uh, obviously, a lot of home fans for the Ducks, and they were able to get it done. They won three matches to win three two, and it all came down to uh, the third playoff hole and. Uh, uh, Solman Raza, who grew up, you know, just a few minutes away, same city, hometown boy, uh, gets it done. He's sinking the putt, and just a great moment. Probably the first uh, first time I've ever seen golf fans rush the green after a tournament, but it it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like, uh, you know, right out of a Tin Cup or something, you know, a great, <laughs> great, uh, looked like a great movie finish, and, and uh, rightly so, given how that, that playoff went, it sort of seesawed. And then in the end, um, Sulman sank that uh, great six footer on, on the uh, second hole, second playoff. Crazy, right? Yeah, it was crazy. Now, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because I I think a lot of people obviously were, were counting out Texas, you know, without, without Bo. And um, it's also interesting because Texas was the number one ranked team and Oregon was ranked 20th, but on that golf course in front of those home fans, you, you felt like Texas was the, uh, uh, underdog and it was just, uh, you know, just, just kind of a weird, weird dynamic going into that final. But Hey, I mean, great golf is, is, is great golf. And I think everyone, everyone involved from the NCAA to the, to the golf channel, the fans were were pretty happy with the with how it turned out. How much do you think it factored in? You know, with the aspect of them obviously having home course advantage. You know, playing in their own backyard, playing in front of their fans, having all of their friends and family around, and and all of that uh, aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because it's kind of a, it's kind of a uh, kind of a double edged sword. You know, obviously you have all that support every time you make a good putt. You know, you're you're feeling that, and the opponent is also feeling it you know they're you know they they make a birdie and there's a couple of claps and then their opponent makes a birdie and there's a roar and so that's 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 a definitely 
something that Oregon had in its favor. But at the same time, you know, you also have that pressure of playing at home. You know, you don't want to you don't want to disappoint your friends and family that came to watch you. And uh, but I, I think the biggest advantage of them being at home, obviously, is they know the golf course. You know, that's a golf course where the, the greens are very difficult, and it takes multiple rounds to be to get comfortable on them. And uh, you know, Texas coach John Fields actually said, you know, I, I thought this was a good point. Now, there's a big difference between seven rounds there, which is what Texas and all, and you know Texas players had there, and uh, and 90 rounds, which is what a lot of these Oregon players had, and also a coach like Casey Martin, who grew up playing uh, Eugene Country Club, played thousands of rounds there, knows every single subtlety of the greens, and so I think that that was a that was a major advantage. And then you add obviously the home crowd, uh, the cheering, all that stuff, and you know, Oregon definitely had that that going for them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, maybe a, a little bit of pins and needles with Aaron Wise uh, going down in his match early on. Mm-hmm. Which- yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, obviously, Wise Wise is a great player, but uh, Scotty Scheffler is not not a slouch either. I mean, he may not have the best years at Texas, but he was a former number one ranked junior, won the U.S. Junior Amateur in 2013 obviously a match play event. Um, so he's, he's no slouch, but, uh, you know, I, definitely the uh, Ducks were sweating it out a little bit there. What do you think about, you know, now some discussion about a rules change, given the fact that Hustler went out, that perhaps they might be able to, you know, substitute in the future in, in, in this situation? Yeah, I, I, I know there's been talk about that at the last two uh, uh, coaches' uh, um conventions and you know i i really think we're, we're going to see a change and you know it, it could happen next year and uh i know a lot of coaches are on board um i know there was an informal poll taken at last year's uh coaches meeting and i think 95 percent were in favor um everyone i've talked to has been in favor of it and you know really with with a golf tournament that's a week long a lot can happen in a week player can get sick oregon had a player sick uh thomas Lim. So they could have benefited from that rule as well. Um, but, yeah, during a golf tournament, there's just so much that can happen. And it, it's a team sport. And, you know, what other team sport doesn't let you sub a guy out? So um, it, it'll be interesting. But I definitely think that's going to be something that's definitely going to happen very yeah. soon, too. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of golf. And, um, and it's just great to see the NCAAs get this tremendous coverage. You know, the women's championship went into a playoff uh, this went into a playoff. So exciting. The level of play, you know, so high. And who who do you see? We just have a few minutes left, Brentley, uh, that we should keep our eyes out for coming in, out to, to playing professional golf. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you uh, a couple a couple women and a couple men. Uh, uh, Emma Talley from Alabama. Actually, she had her pro debut last week on the uh, uh, Symmetric Tour. Yeah, and, and, and she finished runner-up. She, she lost in a playoff. Uh, Mariah Stackhouse is playing. Uh, I forget where she's playing, but, you know, she, from Stanford, she's obviously someone to watch out for. She's been clutch for them in the last two uh, NCAA championships. Of course, they won last year. And on the men's side, there's, there's a ton of people. Um, Bo Hoster obviously putting off turning pro right now as he recovers from a torn labrum in that left shoulder. But you have John Rahm, who's going to play quick and loans in the John Deere Classic this summer. Uh, Aaron Wise, obviously, um, 
you know, there, there, there's a there's a ton. Uh, Robbie Shelton playing this week in Memphis. Uh, Lee McCoy from Georgia also playing this week in Memphis. So there's there's a ton of guys to keep an eye on. And you know, you you, you mentioned how great these two weeks were for college golf. I think it gives golf fans a chance to really realize how great these players are in college. And, uh, you know, hopefully it gives, you know, them something to root for when these, when these guys turn pro, which, which I think it will. Well, we, uh, we gave it our best effort, and we appreciated having uh, Golf Week be on our show for the past month. And as always, you guys have been one of the best at covering college golf, as well as hats off to the Golf Channel. Brantley, thanks <laughs> yeah. so much for being on the Golf Insiders. Awesome. Thanks very much. Take care, guys. All right. We've got the St. Jude's Classic this week. Will, uh, who's your pick, my friend? I'm going to go with Dustin Johnson. I've been waiting for that one to break through now for a few weeks. I'm going I'm going with Phil. Phil, all right. Phil, tune Phil it, teeing it up, tuning it up, and getting ready for the U.S. Open. I, I definitely like him next week. We're out of here, the Golf Insiders. We love you. Bye-bye.